Welcome to the Soul Mama podcast, where we have deep and honest conversations about healing, awakening, spirituality, and wellness on this sacred journey of conscious motherhood. We ask how we can walk this path in a way that nourishes, elevates, and heals us and our children. We deserve space and time to slow down and tune in to our hearts, to heal ourselves, and to honor our highest callings. It starts with us. I'm Nahanda Truscott-Reed. I'm a mother, holistic wellness coach, writer and speaker, and I am passionate about all of the ways we can raise our consciousness and come into more alignment and power as women and mothers. So we can heal the past and make more empowered choices for the future. Our stories and voices matter. It is my intention that these conversations inspire, motivate, and move you on your own Soul Mama journey. I'm so honored that you're here. Welcome back. I pray you and your family are well. I am back again with the second part of my conversation with writer, mother, and self-care queen, none other than Alex L. Last week, we talked in the first episode about her roller coaster fertility journey. In this week's episode, we speak about how writing became Alex's therapy and how it transformed her life, her relationships, and the way she showed up for others, and most importantly, for herself. I trust you will get so much from this conversation. If you have a journal, grab that. If you want to make a cup of tea, do that too. And let's get into it. I wanted to go back a little, if we may, to your earliest experiences of motherhood. And you described being in a place where you realized that there needed to be a major shift. You know, that awakening of realizing like, hang on a second, there's more than just me here. And I need to make some really conscious choices and changes in order to show up in the way that I want to for this child. Mm. I wondered what some of those initial shifts were from being in a present and realizing that actually the woman who you wanted to be needed to be brought closer and needed to be brought into the now. What was that motivation? What was that realization? And what were some of those changes initially with your first daughter? I think it was not wanting my daughter to feel like she had to look for love outside of herself. Mm. So breaking these generational cycles of not enoughness and looking for it in the hearts and hands of men. Mm. Um, and I do not advocate for teen pregnancy. It was hard as hell. I, I it just, I would not mm. recommend it. Um, but what I would recommend is people learning who they are. Um, and, you know, I wouldn't be who I am without that experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think, I just don't think I would be. I think my oldest daughter um, sparked something in me that I otherwise would not have uncovered as early as I did. Mm-hmm. Um I don't really know what steps I took. I think I just knew I had to shift 
And again, I didn't have this language at 30, at, 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 um, at 18. I'm mm-hmm. 31 now, so it's a little easier to access that language. But back then when I was a, I was, I was a kid, you know, mm-hmm. I was legally an adult, but I was a kid. Um, and I knew that I, I, I had to do something different because I wanted my daughter to get the best of me and to see the best of who she could be. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, was really lucky that my parents stepped in and helped me raise her. And my oldest, I mean, all my children are close with my parents, but my oldest is like their bud. That's mm-hmm. their best friend. Um, and my parents didn't have children together. My mom and my stepdad, they didn't have children together. Um, so it was pretty awesome to see my, my stepdad um, step into grandfather with this fresh new baby and he'd never been around babies before um really and like that's his buddy and that's my mom's buddy and it's just awesome that that was really awesome and our family was kind of in a odd place we were pretty broken i would say Mm -hmm. um and charlie whose name means free um Mm -hmm allowed us to see the freedom in one another and also in the possibility of how close we could be because of this little person. Um, and I think if I had to name what changed, it would be the responsibility of someone else. I mean, mm-hmm. quite frankly, and, and, and literally, um, I was, you know, breastfeeding at 18 up until she was a year and a half. Um, I was baby wearing, you know, there was no Instagram or anything like that to show it off. You know what I mean? It was just, okay, I want to do things differently from how I was nurtured and nourished and parented. And I know that I didn't have this and I want to give my kid this. And I just wanted to love something Mm. um, bigger than myself. and. You know, that sounds really immature saying it out loud. You know what I mean? Like I would never want my kids to say, I just wanted to love something. But I guess to give a backstory to that is I felt unloved growing up. I mean, that's why I laid down with someone I had no business laying down with unprotected and then ended up getting pregnant. I I had no self-respect. I didn't feel loved. I didn't feel cared for. I often felt abandoned. I grew up in a pretty physically abusive home at the hands of my mother. So I always felt like I just wasn't enough and anything I did was wrong. And there, so there was a lot of stuff there. And I just knew that I wanted to love something and something to love me. And that happened to be, you know, my daughter, my first daughter. And she has been one of my greatest teachers on patience, on love, not love of someone else, you know, but self-love and like how I demonstrate that for her. Um, and she's made me an even greater mother to her sisters. You know? And it is um, such a whirlwind and to see her, the type of human she is, she'll be 13 and she is the most amazing human being, the most sensitive, kind, talented, loving, compassionate, considerate child ever. And I'm just like, this, all the stuff I went through mm. prepared me for this moment mm. to be the best person I can be for these children and to have my children proud of me 
and to have them love me wholly is amazing. Like it reminds me of my husband's relationship with his mother and his siblings, that, that unconditional type love. And that's everything and everything that I've ever wanted to give, in, to, give to my kids. And um, the fact that they see it, especially my oldest, that she sees it, that she sees me, Mm-hmm. Um, is huge. And I'm very, I'm, while it was a challenge being 18, 19, 20, 21 with a child, I could not ask to do anything different because I have been shaped in a way that I didn't think was possible. Wow. And what a gift. I think the way you describe that journey is the epitome of conscious parenting. It's like the reparenting of ourselves, realizing, you know, where are the wounds? Where do I need to show up for myself in a way that I don't inflict these same wounds unconsciously or consciously onto my child? And the fact that you had that awareness, it sounds like before any of that had a chance to even play out, often we find ourselves in these kind of generational loops before somebody wakes up and realizes, hang on a second, this is not what I choose. This is not what I want. Mm -hmm. You know, I deserve better. My children deserve better. And you had a very clear sense. It sounds like from the beginning, which at 18, I like bow down because not many people would have that level of insight to realize like, I'm going to do everything that I felt like I I didn't receive, you know? And so what a blessing that she's been able to witness and usher in the -hmm. depth of transformation and growth that you both have been on together. I think when we have children young, there is that sense that your daughter is witnessing you at the same time you're witnessing her. Mm -hmm. Does she express any sense of difference in the way that you are as a mother to your other two daughters? Um, No, she doesn't. No, she doesn't. I think she's so happy to be a big sister. Yeah. And and she also is really happy that she gets to have one on one because there's so much she's so much older than the babies. Yeah. Um so she's really happy when she gets to have one on one time with me or one on one time with papa. That's what she calls my husband. Oh. Um and I think we're stepping into a uh, a new chapter because she's really fun. Like she's a fun kid and she likes to do cool stuff and she's an artist and she's just amazing. So when we go out and we have our one-on-one time, it's like we're getting to know each other on a deeper level than just mother and daughter. And I think that that's so amazing. That's something I didn't have with my mother Mm -hmm. that young. Um, It was like, I'm the mother. It is what it is. You know, it wasn't like... It wasn't anything, it, there was no space for a different type of understanding and knowing. Yeah. So I think that that um, is really awesome to see. I was just telling my husband, I was like, Charlie's fun. And, she's and you enjoy funny. each other. And we enjoy <laughs> each other. We have a good time. And he's like, oh yeah, she's fun. Like she's a cool kid. Like they have their dance parties and they jam out in the car with music and blah, blah, blah. Like it's just amazing, you know? And I love that we're able to have, you know, the age difference is not too bad. I actually really think that everything in our family happened in divine timing. For sure. Um, because it's fun that she's this much older. Yeah. It's really fun. It's a good age. 
And uh, yeah, it's like you've got a, a helping hand right in the home and a willing one as well, it sounds like. And so I wondered when your writing practice actually began to evolve and your talent for words and language, both for your own healing, but then the calling to share that wider, when did that start in your life? I've always been a writer since I was little. I remember like <laughs> writing stories on notebook paper and then having my karaoke machine and recording them and like making little like what now would I guess be called like uh podcasts <laughs> um, before, they were so, a thing. before they were a thing right <laughs> so funny um and I and I like even in high school I was you know always writing poetry um but I was really sad so growing up writing was my venting mm. about how sad I was. I had a lot of depression. I was suicidal. Uh, my anxiety was through the roof. Um, and it wasn't until I went to therapy and was able to use writing as a healing tool, not just something to pour my frustrations out with, um, but to actually heal from. Mm. And I was in my, oh my goodness, I might've been 19 or 20. Um, and that type of writing transformed my life. Like to be able to write to heal yeah. um, was magnificent. And I have been writing to heal since then. Um, and I often joke that I, I wrote my husband into existence because <laughs> during that year of... Um, your celibacy. Of celibacy and mm. being alone. I wrote my first book and it was a book of love notes, self-love notes and um, affirmations. Mm. And I knew that I was like calling uh, partnership energy in. Yeah. Um, and I was doing that intentionally. And um, my husband and I found each other through my writing. He was actually a fan of my writing. Um, and we met, we met through Twitter <laughs> back in the day and, um, went, I went to California to visit a friend. He happened to live 15 minutes away from that friend and we have been inseparable ever since. So we were long distance for the first year of our relationship. Uh -huh. Um, but I, oft I often joke, like I wrote Ryan into existence, like everything I wanted. I have no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> everything I wanted was him, but it did not happen until I was ready to do my own work. I right. will say that. Um, so writing, sharing my writing started when I had a friend tell me, stop hoarding your happiness and stop hoarding your story. You never know who's going to need it. Mm. And I was like, huh. That's interesting. That's you know, I never powerful. had anyone advocate. You know, that is so powerful. I've never had anyone advocate for my storytelling and for my, um, for my voice. Mm. So to have someone advocate in that way and then say, hey, like, you've healed a lot. You've grown a lot. You've celebrated a lot. And you've been through hell and back. And you are on the other side of that darkness. Mm share it. And I did. And that was my first book. And I did not know I would be here today. I mean, I'm a journalism student dropout. Um, 
I knew I wanted to practice English when I went to university, but I hated school. Mm. Um, so it's really interesting how I think spirit and hard work have been able to manifest this life that I have mm. um, because I was dedicated to doing something different and I was dedicated to standing in my truth. And um, it's been amazing to be able to not only do that, but facilitate other people in doing that. Right. And so you spoke about the difference between just venting through your writing as a place to offload your frustration into then intentional writing to heal. How do you discern the difference for somebody who's perhaps started journals or maybe somebody who's never even written a journal? What is the difference in writing to heal? So I know for me, I was um, writing a lot of sad poetry. I was really writing writing about how I hated myself, you know, in my journals, how I didn't want to be here anymore and how life was hard and, you know, things like that, which are, which I don't want to say to silence, mm -hmm. but it wasn't constructive in my healing. Mm -hmm. um, it wasn't helpful. And I didn't, I didn't know how to write anything else until I went to therapy and she said, well, how about trying this, some positive self-talk? Mm -hmm. How about trying... Um, if you're having those negative thoughts, yes, put those down and then say, but I know that I'm worthy of X, Y, Z, or I'm trying to attain X, Y, Z. Um, or, you know, how about we say something for every negative thought, say something positive. And um, for every feeling of brokenness, if you could, with your pen and paper, heal yourself, what would you say? So having those moments of reflection to not silence the pain, but to acknowledge it and then find resource to healing it um, was really powerful. And I think for anyone who's new to journaling, um, greeting your pain on the page is a part of the process. Mm. And honoring of it, right? Honoring of the process and then committing to not having your pain speak for you, but having your healing speak through that instance. It's like digging deeper. It's like, okay, that the pain is the thing that you're feeling that normally brings you to the page. I know when I was younger, every diary entry began with like, life is so hard. Like every, <laughs> everything was, it, it was what brought you to the expression. It's what brought me to my expression um, because it's often the sense of overwhelm that then leads you to, okay, I need to have a place to to put this down and to honor it and normally we then close the page and that's kind of okay that's that's my journal practice done you know mm. it's like I've got it down and yes it might be healthier on that paper than it would be you know percolating in your brain um but then what you're talking about is is kind of completing that circle and actually saying and now what would love's voice say yeah and now what would you want somebody to say to you even if you don't feel like you're able to say that to yourself right now mm -hmm. and kind of provide your own medicine for whichever problem you find yourself in and that to me is like the definition of self-healing it's knowing that yes we are the ones experiencing the suffering but we're also the ones who hold the keys to the healing and often we don't complete that cycle and so that's what it sounds like you're really encouraging people to do with that kind of intention journaling and writing for healing that's absolutely it that is absolutely it it's finishing the thought mm. um, and and 
oftentimes the healing thought is really uncomfortable, especially I find with my students, they're like, okay, I know what the negative stuff is, but that positive stuff, man, that's hard. I don't believe it. I don't think it can happen to me. And it's like breaking down those walls and those barriers has been, you know, not easy, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but absolutely necessary because then we're able to have these two tools, you know, yes, I feel this way. And I can also channel how I feel and talk through how I feel with a healing lens in, in the in the forefront. Yeah. Um, so it's more than just purging on the page, but also finding peace on the page as well. Yes, and I'm I'm reminded that you know in in any situation that we find ourselves in life, it, it's like we choose whether to be the victim or the victor. That sense of like which part do I play in the story of my life? And often we find ourselves in that kind of victim consciousness where we speak about what's going wrong and what's hard and what's not working. And as you say, it's really healthy to be able to be self-aware, to be able to realize where things aren't working, but how unfamiliar for so many of us to actually begin that conversation of, and why am I worthy of this actually working out? You Mm. know, how could this change in a way that this could actually positively benefit my life and those around me? And it feels like work. I know for myself, there's times where it's it's like, (laughs) that's where the effort is, right? It's like your brain is literally having to stretch or your heart is having to expand to be able to facilitate in a voice that is not familiar. It's not that go-to habitual negative self-talk. What do you think comes through on the page when you're channeling that more positive healing voice? I think feelings of alignment and our true self. Mm. Um, Our true self is something I think that a lot of us suppress. Um, And that's because it's scary to step into who we are and to the possibility of who we are. Our false self keeps us in this narrative that we're not allowed to, or we don't know how to, or, you know, you know, I don't know the, the negative aspect of whatever it is we're trying to access. Right. But it's like, how do we lean into our true self? And I think that that comes with divine alignment and commitment to self. Mm. And also, um, Holding our stories as sacred, no matter how painful or beautiful they are. Mm. That's what I would say to that. I hope I answered your question. (laughs) You did. And it's actually so refreshing to hear. You know, there's so many spaces in spiritual circles and in the kind of wellness community where people are like, you're not your story. Don't identify with your story and, you know, move beyond the story, rise above the story. And I think actually realizing where the sanctity is in the story is like you've lived the life you've lived for a reason and a purpose. How can you use that and find your medicine in that? And Mm -hmm. I, I love that you reframe it in that way which brings us nicely into your mission with your work which is really about how through self-care we're really doing the work of community care I wondered if you could speak to that oh my goodness self-care is community care I talk about self-care as community care because when we're empty we're not able to show up in our relationships intentionally and fully in our life's work um, in our heart's work and I think especially as black people Um, we deserve to take care of ourselves. Mm. Um, And I'm not talking that latte, that massage, you know, that manicure. Yeah, that's nice. And, you know, that deep breath also, that nap, 
also. Yes. Um, that warm bath and the intentional lotioning of the body and massaging, you know, of the feet, you know, like the taking moments of actually refilling our cup, hydrating, getting outside, moving our body, um, and doing things that fill us up so that when we turn to our work, when we turn to our partners, when we turn to our kids and, and our relationships, everything else in between, that we're full and we're not on the tail end because yeah. then we give our tail end and that's not enough for them or us. Right. So self-care is community care in the sense that in order to show up for community, we must show up for self. Um, and I saw the women in my life not do that. And I don't want to continue those um, habits of showing up empty or halfway because I have to get things done or I have to present in a certain way because people know when you're empty or halfway full. You know, they know, when, I, I guess the best way I can put it is like people are aware when you are not your best, fullest, most intentional self. And mm -hmm. I have those days still in motherhood when, when I'm like, oh my gosh, I did not sleep well last night. And it throws the whole day off, Right. you know? Um, so what is self-care for me? Self-care is going to bed on time so I can get up at 5.30, 6 o'clock and have mommy time, answer my emails, have my ritualistic cup of coffee or my tea, have the house be quiet, watch the sun come up, have my meditation. And then when the house is up at 7.30, I feel full. I feel good. I feel present. I feel well-rested. I feel hydrated. Um, and so that's just something I've been practicing lately. And also I'm still breastfeeding. I I breastfed Isla until she was 18 months. Then my milk changed. She rejected me. Two months later, her sister was born. I was back at it. Wow. So I have to stay hydrated. Of course. I've been breastfeeding for years. <laughs> and <laughs> I, I have, to, <laughs> have to stay hydrated, have to stay fed and nourished. You know, if I'm forgetting to drink my water, my milk supply will drop. You know, my baby, she's one, but she's still really not into food. So she's getting most of her nutrients and 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 meals still from the breast. So it's like, I have to be good enough for the both of us yes. and well enough for the both of us. If not, how can I feed her? You know, so like really think about um, what the practices of self-care is from a practical lens, not from a social media lens, not from a consumerist lens, um, and not from, you know, a lens of like, oh, I have, it has to be pretty. Most of the time, self-care is ugly as hell, you know? <laughs> and it's like, it just, ne it needs to be done though, you know? And, it's, exactly. and, and that's fine. It's the non-glamorous stuff, but it's, it's the, the stuff that matters. Yes, mm. exactly. Yes. I feel you. I feel that. You. Thank you. That is such a beautiful note to close on. I think breaking that pattern of mother as martyr and moving into that space that actually mama needs to be full first and then everybody else gets to benefit from that fullness is such a powerful message that I hope everybody listening can take away and start to bring that curiosity to the choices and the moments in our own lives. So thank you. To close, if people want to follow along your journey, you share beautiful images and words on social media, but also in your new book, if you could just let the people know where they can find more and all of the above. Yes. So you can um, find me at alexl.com and also 
Alex underscore L-E-L-L-E on Instagram. I also have a podcast called the Hey Girl Podcast. Yeah. Um, yes, that you'll be on very soon. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited about that. Thank you. <laughs> um, and my new book, After the Rain, is out everywhere books are sold. Congratulations. By the way. Thank you so, so much. Um, and lastly, if you're looking to um, lean into your writing practice, I have freebies on my website and you can go to the tab that says that, that says freebies and um, download the different writing practices and just dive in and have some fun. Mm, and they have served me. I've been part of your community for a while myself and just getting your newsletters have been medicine on days mm. where it's just like, ugh. and then you, you drop in some gems and I'm just like, yes, this is, this is good. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so just to leave, if there was one affirmation for mothers who are listening to this podcast, who are wanting to begin that real deep self-love journey, what would that affirmation be? Mm, I can be whole with or without someone standing next to me. <sighs> Just to let that one marinate. Alex, it's been a pleasure speaking to you and I wish you all the success, all of the joy and all of the rest as you continue your work in this world and with your beautiful family. Thank you. Oh my goodness. Thank you. Thank you so much. Take care. Ooh, child. Alex called to our wholeness, our trust and our innate ability to heal with that conversation. One of the key takeaways for me was just how much all of the work Alex did in the shadows has now paved the way for all of her joy. I believe that's true for all of us. You might be working through things right now that no one else knows about, and it can feel lonely on that journey. But do not for a minute forget how powerful that work in the shadows really is. It's creating the way for our brighter future. As always, check my website for the show notes for references and links to Alex and her work. And if you happen to be on a fertility journey yourself, check out my one-to-one -one conscious conception virtual coaching program. It is an integrated, holistic, mind-body-soul approach to conceiving your baby. And it's one that I feel so honored to be able to support women and couples through. So if that's for you, details are on my website. But as always, let me know what you felt about that conversation. Hit me up on Instagram and I look forward to tuning in again next week. Thank you so much for listening. Head over to www.soulmamajourney.com for more resources, including the Soul Mama blog, the show notes to each episode with links and references to everything mentioned, and for more ways to work with me one-to-one. -one. Make sure you're following me on Instagram at Soul Mama Coach for more personal shares and updates, and you can email me at nahanda at soulmamajourney.com. I so love to hear from you. Share the love with your friends, family, and anyone who would benefit from listening to this. And if you could take a minute to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast, wherever you've listened to it, that really helps more people to discover it. Thank you. I appreciate you. Stay blessed.